Welcome in, welcome in, welcome to SODFS, brought to you by Sons of Dynasty and proud members of True North Fantasy Football. Follow us at Dynasty Sons and subscribe to the TNFF Network so that you never miss a show. Um, Dan, you can find me on Twitter at DanBrownNFL. And here to my left is Nate. You can find him at Nate underscore FFL. Nate, what's going on? Another Thursday night. Here we are, buddy. I'm so excited to be here. It seems like every Thursday tends to be a rough day at work, but it always gets better when I'm here with you. Just watching the uh, the uh, Washington football team Giants game. Got some brutal stuff going on there, so I need this pick-me-up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Giants actually looked pretty decent on that opening drive, so uh, you know maybe they'll move the ball against this stout Washington defense. But uh, let's get into some news and notes and maybe catch up on the game after the show's over. Yeah, sounds good, man. So touching on the Washington football team, we're going to talk briefly about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Very unfortunate to see him go down week one really early in the game. A lot of us had high hopes for him. Um, it was, you know, coming out of Miami last year when he got benched for Tua when the team was looking so good. It just sucks to see it happen. The good news is, is that the they have given him the option or he has chosen the option whether to go without surgery and choose rehab. So it's still looking like a six to eight week timeline, but hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. We'd love to see him in the game. Uh, speaking on the dolphins again, his former teammate, Will Fuller actually it wasn't his teammate because he was with the Texans, but Will Fuller with the dolphins. Now one of my favorite players this year in fantasy football, I think a guy that's very underrated. Uh, he was actually unavailable for practice Thursday, which is not, uh, something we expected considering he's coming off. We all knew he had the suspension, but then he's not at practice Thursday and it's unclear why his absence happened. So that concerns me a bit. I don't understand fully what's happening. None of us do. I hope he's okay. He's priced at 4,800 on DraftKings this week. I'd like to put him in the lineup, but for that to happen, we need to know that he's good to go. Yeah, I did see a report came out that just said personal reasons. So, you know, that could be numerous things, but uh, I do not think it's anything injury related. That's good news. I I did not I did not catch that. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, moving on into the Jets with Jamison Crowder, who missed Week One. He has officially been activated off the COVID list. Uh, Michael Fleur will be hard pressed to find Crowder reps after the team already struggled to play Denzel Mims, Keelan Cole, and Crowder in Week One. Uh, we saw Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, you know, continue to be the true one. Uh, you know, now with Crowder back in the mix, we'll see what that does. Probably Elijah Moore will lose a few snaps here, but it, it's really anyone's guess at this point. Uh, I, I'm probably not going to get too much exposure to this passing game outside of Corey Davis this week to really just kind of see how the rest of the uh, target share unfolds. As far as the Ravens running backs go, uh, Tyson Williams, who you know, looked off to a hot, fresh start this past week and then kind of fizzed out in the second half. We saw a lot more Lat Murray. Uh, Ravens coaches did come out, I think, today or yesterday and say that they do plan to use a, a full-blown committee and, and that he didn't necessarily do anything to, to get benched in the second half. It's more of the, they're just going to use a rotation. And for me, that kind of sounds like a headache. Uh, so I'm going to be a little bit wary on most of these Ravens running backs until we really see one command, uh, you know, the most attention that we can really count on on a weekly basis. Uh, Colts cornerback, 
Xavier Rhodes remained sidelined Wednesday. I'm not sure. I did not see a practice update on him today. Uh, you know, he is their top corner, but he did get burned, uh, you know, this past week as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if for whatever reason he's unable to go against the, uh, the Rams, Woods, and Cup would probably be the, the quick beneficiaries of, of an already weakened secondary there for the Colts. Uh, I think yeah, that's uh, yeah. Go ahead. Nate. I was just gonna say I was just gonna say I'm liking that matchup. Um, you know, with Rhodes out, it just gets better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so any other news? Did you hear anything about DeAndre Swift? I feel like I saw a blurb, something about a groin injury. Can you confirm for our uh, listeners there in Detroit? So we've been seeing the concerns about the groin injury since the start of training camp. It's hard for me to put a lot of weight into it because I don't know how serious it is. You know what I mean? Because they've been saying all training camp, oh, there's a groin injury. But and knowing the little bit of behind the scenes stuff that I know, I do know that a lot of it was protection. They're not going to put them in there, put them at risk for injury. I want to say that's the case, but I can't promise it because, you know, as good as the like the little bit of behind the talk scene stuff that I hear, I don't know for sure. I think. In the bottom of my heart, I think he's fine. I think they're not going to risk it at practice. I love, I love that. I love that they're not going to let him get hurt. He's going to be getting a lot of carries this year. Protect him. If that's not the case, if something maybe really is happening, I hope. I just hope that's not true. You know. Yeah. Well, I think I think we all do. But if if for whatever reason he were to miss, Jamal Williams would probably end up being a quality play uh, across any format of fantasy football. Um, but we won't speculate on, on coulda, shoulda, wouldas. As far as we know, DeAndre Swift will be available to play and receive his, you know, substantial workload that we saw. We really saw that Lions offense funnel between those three guys. And, and if, if one of them were to miss, obviously the other two would stand to benefit greatly, along with maybe another ancillary piece there for the Detroit Lions. They didn't look bad either. You know what I mean? Like, Obviously, we don't expect monstrous things from this Lions offense. Me as a Lions diehard homer, they didn't look too bad. Sure, the Niners put in some backups at the end, but they came through with the numbers. And in fantasy football, that's what we care about. Well, Nate, let's move on into the 1 o'clock games. Um, first up here on the board, we have the 49ers at the Eagles with a total points of 50 on the board. This is a game that both you and I have kind of talked about. There's some pieces uh, mixed around in here that we are – high on one of those being uh, a quarterback for the Eagles that I know you and I are both high on. We were high on last week and we continue to be high until he tells us any different. And that's Eagles quarterback, Jalen hurts. He continues to show us that he's an elite option at the quarterback with his week one performance, throwing for three touchdowns, 264 yards to go along with another 60 plus yards on the ground, which happens to be his floor. He has a week two matchup against these 49ers that's tougher than the Falcons, I'll admit, but they did just allow your lowly Detroit Lions to put up 33 points and Jared Goff to put up a substantial amount of yardage. So I think the possibility for Hurts to have another positive showing here in week two is definitely there. Nate, tell me how you feel about Jalen Hurts this week. You already said it. Give us a reason not to like you. The rushing upside's there. Um, I love Jalen Hurts. I I'm going to need a reason to take him out of my DFS lineups at this point. The stat line looks good. Um, I have a ton of respect for him. The rushing upside's there. 
and then to, to combine that, they're playing the 49ers this week, which is the team I just watched my Lions actually almost come back and win against. So the uh, you know the Lions were, were managed to have Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift and Goff all be successful against him. Why can't Jalen Hurts you know have some success? And uh, in my heart of hearts, I think the 49ers may be struggling with Robert Sala leaving and going to the Jets. Could be wrong. It was one game. We can't take too much for one game, but that's how I'm feeling right now. For me, I'm going to lock him in in cash and GPP, 6,500 on DraftKings. Yeah, well, uh, moving on to the other side of the game there with the 49ers, let's talk about running back Elijah Mitchell, priced at 5000 this week on DK, is one of the better uh, values as far as I'm concerned at the running back position with, with a substantial ceiling to boot. And, you know, as as we know with Raheem Mostert on IR, Mitchell becomes one of the best running back values on this slate. He went down in the first quarter Sunday after two carries with an ankle injury, and we saw Mitchell come come in and really capitalize. You know, the Trey Sermon saga, I think, is going to continue. We'll see who the who the actives are this week. I think I saw a report that maybe they brought Trenton Cannon as well, potentially to the practice squad. So obviously Shanahan is still continuing to look to bolster this running back rotation. I don't know if that's an indictment on Trey Sermon or just looking to get more bodies for the inevitable 49er running back injuries that we often see. Nate, where are you at on Elijah? Are you feeling him this week in any format? I'm feeling him, but I'm nervous because we don't know what the hell is going on with Trey Sermon right now. Um, he was drafted, I believe. It's been a while since the draft. I believe two rounds higher than Elijah Mitchell. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but right now he's looking. Elijah Mitchell's looking great. Is he going to be a healthy scratch this week? What is happening? What is going on there? I don't know. I do have Mitchell plugged into some lineups right now. That could change. So you're going to want to follow us on Twitter for that last minute stuff uh, come Sunday morning. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, I think he's an option in, in especially in GPPs. Um, but back on over to the Eagle side with Miles Sanders at 6,900, Nate. Where are you at with Miles Sanders? So if anybody, I, this is almost awkward for me. If anybody follows me on Twitter, you know that I was saying avoid Miles Sanders at all costs come uh, 2021 in fantasy football. Full disclosure, that was not in DFS. This is a whole different ball game because this is a week-to-week -week thing. Um, my, It's not a hate thing. I respect Miles Sanders' talent. He's explosive. He's a good running back. He was great at Penn State. I'm just not sure how much the Eagles buy into him. However, this week we're going to back it up a bit. He's facing the 49ers. Obviously, we just watched DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams run all over that Niners defense. So this week, how do you not like Miles Sanders? Um you know, I want to limit my exposure because I don't want to, you know, have too much, too many shares. But last week he had 15 carries, 74 yards in week one. I think his numbers improved this week. I think you're going to see that toddy in week two. I think at 6,900 is price. It's a, it's a, it's a bit high. It's kind of like to that, to that point where you're like, wow, do I play him or not? But for as far, as far as this week, I'm going to throw him in a couple lineups, a couple GPPs, see how he does. Don't, you know, limit your expectations, but I, I would say I would say have confidence in throwing him in there in a few. My favorite guy, however, from this Eagles team is Devontae Smith. A lot of people hated on him uh, coming into the season. You know, he's too small. He's too little, blah, blah, blah. Week one, 
came out six catches, 71 yards, touchdown week one. He's back this week, 5,400 on DraftKings. His price points up 900 bucks from last week, but that's still solid. You're still getting a great play for under 5,500. I'm all about it. I am locking, 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 locking Devontae Smith into my GPPs and cash plays. Yeah, if if I'm uh, playing Jalen Hurts, I think Devonta Smith is the obvious uh, option as far as me looking to stack somebody. So, at, and at 5400, that's still uh, a bargain price. I think that we're going to continue to see that price decline week in and week out until he settles somewhere in the 65 to 68 range. I think will probably be where he's at about middle of the seasons in, unless he just really balls out and we could see him get up into the sevens. But uh, right now at 5400, I'm Definitely still in on Devonta Smith. Let's take it on over, though, to the Bengals and Bears with the total points set at 45 in this game. Uh, you know, Bears have been a team that that, that have really been a team uh, that, that I've struggled to get behind as far as the fantasy options go. Uh, I'd really like to see Justin Fields come in and, and, and be the starter and, and then let the weapons really blossom around him. But while we're seeing this kind of back and forth, the same thing that we're seeing with San Fran, uh, you know, and, and it, it's unlike what I feel like we've seen before in years past with rookie quarterbacks. And here we have two uh, NFL franchises doing the same thing, kind of using a, a tandem quarterback, if you will here. And, and, you know, it's just it, it's a little frustrating. I'd really like to see Fields be that starter so I could feel good about the weapons around him. But so long as Dalton's the QB and and we're getting a little bit of mixture, it just seems like a situation that I'm staying away from. Nate, how about you? How do you feel about the Bengals or the Bears in this game? Uh, as far as the quarterbacks go, I agree. I think I don't think you'll find a single person on Twitter that disagrees with you. We all want to see Justin Fields in the game. But we all have to also be patient and understand that the fact of the matter is that, you know, maybe it's best for him to take a couple weeks, a couple months even to learn. I, I would love to see him in there lighting up these other teams. But for now, we're going to have to, you know, show that patience, let him, you know, do his thing, develop a little bit. I don't think it's going to hurt him at all. That's for sure. As far as the Bengals go, Joe Burrow last week, the Bengals didn't really look too bad. They actually looked halfway decent despite, you know, that. Very weak offensive line this week. You're looking at a matchup against the Bears defense that we're not really sure of how they are this, uh, you know, at this point in the year. I know Burrow is priced way cheap, way cheap. It's almost like Vegas is like majorly disrespecting Burrow at 5,800 on DraftKings. So I have some interest in GPPs because it's worth a dart throw. Uh, you know what I mean? Throw him in a couple GPPs. He could throw for 350 and three touchdowns. I mean, it could happen easy. So I'm not saying go out there and load up your lineups with Joe Burrow, but if you're taking a shot in the Millie Maker, throw Joe Burrow in there, pair him with Jamar Chase. You got a, a nice little stack there that a lot of people aren't going to be uh, on to. Yeah, I, I absolutely like targeting Joe Burrow at this price point and stacking him with Jamar Chase. I, I do think that Jamar Chase is the real deal. Despite the reports that we were hearing during the preseason about Chase's struggles, he led the Bengals wide receivers in snaps with 62, routes run with 30, targets with 7, and yards with 101. So, uh, you know, he had a PFF receiving rate of 79.8 while finishing with 20.9 fantasy points. 
this matchup against the Bears, you know, it's not the same Bears that they were two years ago. And, and with the volume that we can expect to see out of this Cincinnati offense on a weekly basis, uh, you know, until they put some respect on Jamar Chase's price moving forward, he's going to be a staple in my lineups, uh, no, no matter the format. Yeah, I agree, um, man. I think that's I think that's great advice. Um, Jamar Chase is still priced too cheap. Everybody was hating on him in the preseason. He came in last week. He showed that you know he's not someone to sleep on. So I love that. Yeah, and I mean he's he's only eight hundred dollars more expensive than this next guy that I'm going to talk about, who I'm also kind of buying into uh, for this week two matchup, and that's Darnell Mooney, priced at forty two hundred. Uh, but just just to get back to Chase for a second, at only $800 more, I feel much more confident in my Jamar Chase play this week than I do Darnell Mooney. Uh, Mooney's more of a, a, a GPP play. I, I don't think that his ownership will be very high. Um, you know, and Because and, in week one, we saw the Bears really kind of struggled to get rolling. But Darnell Mooney was, uh, you know, kind of showing us all the peripherals that you're looking for. Uh, e- even though he didn't have the greatest of production in week one, he he led the Bears in routes with 45, finished second in targets with seven, and, and second in receptions with five. So while Allen Robinson is the clear wide receiver one for the Bears, Mooney is arguably the team's best versatile weapon and, and has led them in deep targets with 23 screens, eight. All, all of last season. So with a much easier opponent in the Bengals this week, um, Moon, Mooney can definitely expose the Cincinnati defense. And I think that I am going to have a decent amount of exposure, uh, probably not a stack, but you know, maybe attacking the other side of the ball, uh, you know, getting a Darnell Mooney in. If you do have that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase stack, uh, a little Darnell Mooney exposure there on the other side could uh, really put you in a nice situation. That's a solid point too. You don't always have to. You don't always have to stack. It is widely advised, but you don't always have to do the bounce back either. Um, so don't feel like just because you're playing a couple Bengals, you got to play a bear. Uh, I just want to touch on that real quick. But something I do want to touch on is Cole Komet because I'm not a fan of the. You know, I'm not in the Komet club. I'm not in that big thing. I don't. It's no disrespect to Cole Komet. I think he's a great tight end. I think there's a ton of potential there, but. My thing that I like is his price point, 3700 Last week he had seven targets, five receptions, 42 yards, and a loss to the Rams. I think that's attractive. When you're looking, generally most of us kind of, we tend to um, jump down You know, in tight end pricing. We want to target somebody a little bit lower, save some money, plug in our studs most of the time. So with Cole Komet at 3700 if you're playing a GPP, you're talking about saving, you know, some solid amount of cash. So um, last last week, his ownership was around 20%. This week, it could even be lower considering he didn't get a touchdown last week. So I like plugging him in, you know, in this Bears game. Uh, I think that's a solid play. But we're going to kind of slide on past that. We're going to go to the Bills-Dolphins game over or under at 48.5. I want to talk about a guy that I think is kind of gross. People could disagree. Josh Allen, 7,200 last week. Josh Allen was not the uh, was not the Bills quarterback that we are used to. Uh, he, uh, him, and Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, uh, they connected 17 times for 129 yards. That is that is not the numbers we're used to seeing. Uh, Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dabral, I apologize if I said that wrong. 
called for a pass over two thirds on two thirds of the times on Bill's reps. So it's uh, it's solid, but it's kind of you know questioning. We don't know what's happening with this Bills team right now. They're facing the Dolphins this week. That defense to me is underrated by far. So I think you're going to see more struggles. I'm not sleeping, you know, on this on this Dolphins defense. I think you're going to watch this week. I think you're going to have average numbers. As far as DFS goes, I am not playing a single Bills player. A hundred people could disagree with me. My opinion is I'm avoiding all Buffalo Bills players. Yeah, no, I, I, I will echo that sentiment. I think that Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, both at their price points, are kind of easy fades for me this week. Stefan Diggs at 7,700. Uh, you know, when Diggs faced off with Howard in week 17 last year, Xavier held him to a two for 26 line. You know, with, with the volume that we are seeing in the passing game from Buffalo this year, obviously enough volume could, you know, supersede even a t- even the toughest of matchups. But, you know, just with this price point right here, there, there's a, a slew of guys, you know, that are that are closer to the 7,000 range that, that I would much rather play over Stefan Diggs in this matchup. And if I'm not big on Stefan Diggs, there's a good chance I'm not going to be in on Josh Allen at his 7,200 either. So um, I'm with you on that as far as fading bills. You know, Dolphins exposure to at 55, uh, you know, with, with Will Fuller coming back in, and Waddle, he seems like he's the real deal as well. You know, I might be up to putting in a, a Dolphins stack, but I think overall this is a game that I could even see maybe hitting the under on that 48.5 points. Uh, we, we could really just look at more of a, a slugfest, if you will, here. Um, they, any other wide receivers there for Miami that you're targeting in, in particular? I'll tell you that um... – you know, we made some last-minute changes last week at the very end there. I plugged in uh, Devontae Parker. You said, man, that's a that's a good shout. And I thought it was, too, and he let me down hardcore. This week, his price is up a slight amount. I'm not feeling it. If there's a Dolphins receiver I'm touching, it's Will Fuller. Like we said at the beginning of the show, we have no idea what's going on with the uh, healthy scratch. It's probably a personal issue. Prayers up to him. We hope everything's okay. If if Fuller is in at forty eight hundred, I'm gonna I'm gonna have him in some GPPs for sure. There's no way I'm not at that price point. Will Fuller has talent. He's a talented wide receiver. I believe in the guy. I'll stand by that uh, day after day. Jalen Waddles priced at forty five hundred. I, yeah, give or take. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could play him. I'm not overly sold on it. Last week, sixty one receiving yards. I'm not super excited. Mike Gesicki crushed my uh, my home league. I plugged him in at my tight end on uh, my season-long league, and he shattered my heart. So I have a lot of hard feelings towards, towards him. But um, as far as Mike Gesicki against the Bills, the Bills, the Bills defense is nothing to slouch at. You're going to want to be careful there. I don't really – there's none of these guys really like make me excited. I'm actually kind of feeling like I should avoid a lot of these guys. And there's a lot of games like that this week. Don't be afraid to, you know, if you're if you're having bad vibes against some of these defenses, don't play them. That's my best advice. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and this, like we mentioned, uh, you know, even days ago, this Bills Dolphins game just doesn't quite feel like one uh, that we're going to see a plethora of fantasy points going around. So 
you know, maybe look on to the next game, and we will do just that with the Broncos at the Jaguars with a 45 over-under on this game. Trevor Lawrence coming in at 6,000 on DraftKings. In week one, Trevor Lawrence completed 28 of 51 passes for 332 yards with three touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh, in the loss to the Texans, you know, we, we really saw this Jaguars team struggle. Trevor Lawrence, he, he seemed like he started to kind of get his feet underneath him a little bit. But this Texans defense was giving him problems from the get go. Um, you know, at, at six thousand, it's at, it, it feels a little pricey for me, he, even with this matchup, you know, a, against a stout. Broncos defense, I don't think I'll be going anywhere near Trevor Lawrence or, or not really having any confidence in his receiving weapons for that matter either. You know, everybody was all over Marvin Jones Jr. this past week. Um, you know, may, maybe you could get some exposure to him if, if you did indeed plug in Trevor Lawrence. But for the most part, this Jaguars team is a team that I am again fading as a whole unit uh, this upcoming Sunday. I simply want to give you the shout out for Marvin Jones last week. That was all you on this uh, uh, on this podcast on True North FF. Uh, you said play Marvin Jones, and he came through. So props to you, my friend. Yeah, well, I don't think that there was many people that weren't playing Marvin Jones, or or, or at least yelling that from the rooftop. So while I appreciate your pat on the back, his uh, ownership you know, wasn't his ownership wasn't that high though, it, buddy. So. It was it was lower than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of people talking smack about him too, and saying, you know, it's going to be you know the other guys. So you deserve you deserve the uh, respect. Well, there. well, Chark Chark got the volume, but damn it, if he didn't do anything with it, that's never mind. Hey, let's go back over to the Broncos here. Talk about Teddy Bridgewater at 5,400. Uh, Bridgewater largely com uh, completed passes near the line of scrimmage in week one. His longest completion of the day went for 25 yards and completed only two passes of gains more than 10 yards. Um, you know, as far as this game goes, I'm kind of expecting the Broncos to really lean on to the run game. Uh, so Teddy B, while, you know, the price point there is not too uh, aggressive for my likings, you know, and, and with the loss of Jerry Judy, a couple of new weapons, I'd probably like to see how the targets shake out here in week two. If Sutton does indeed become the alpha that we know he can be, or if Tim Patrick continues to be a thorn and KJ Hamler's always good for a 90 yard screen to the house, but I kind of want to see it play out here in this week in a week that I don't expect the Broncos to have to be super competitive to keep up with, with the Texans um, or the Jaguars, excuse me, but I am high on a running back here from the Broncos and that's rookie Javante Williams at 4,400 in week one, we saw a split backfield in Denver. And while it was Melvin Gordon that did end up with the long touchdown run to give him the better finish, Williams had 15 opportunities in a tough matchup, and he equaled Gordon's 33 snaps. Gordon ran 19 routes while Williams ran 15. This week they face the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I believe Williams will absolutely feast. I think they're going to feature the rookie a, a little bit more this week and let him get some run in the juicy matchup. Um, so I am expecting them to to lean on the run this week. And I do like Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon this week. And I think the presence of one and the other is really enough to keep 
the ownership low for both of them. So, you know, and, and e- either one could definitely have a smash week. You want to get super contrarian, go ahead and plug both of them into your lineup and, and stack the the running back rotation there for Denver because that's which way I think that this game is really going to lean to. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that a lot, man. Um, as a guy that many of you know is calling Javante Williams my RB1 coming into the year, my opinion on that may have slightly differed. He's still my RB1. I have a ton of respect for Najee Harris and uh, Travis ATM, but I have a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of love for Javante Williams. I cannot wait until he is the solidified RB1 in Denver. It could start happening soon. I think Dan's 100% right at this price point. You can plug him in. He could land 18, 20 carries this week. If he does, man, you're looking good. Um, but bouncing across, you know, the biggest appeal to me in this week is the the porous, porous um, uh, defense of the uh, Denver Broncos. I like James O'Shaughnessy of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think both defenses are not looking great. Uh, O'Shaughnessy ran, he's a guy that nobody really was talking about last week. Uh, he ran 40 routes, uh, second most of any tight end one last week was targeted eight times. He got six receptions, 48 yards. That's not great numbers. We can expect those to probably improve. Um, he's got a lot of upside. Don't set your expectations to this huge amount where you're expecting a ton of numbers, but I'm kind of liking the way things are looking there. Um, as far as the Denver Broncos receivers and uh, tight end uh, situation is going, we got KJ Hamler at 3,800, Tim Patrick 4,600, Noah Fan is at 4,200. Noah Fan's far too underpriced. I'm loving Noah Fan this week. The tight end situation is looking sticky. I don't like any of the options. I hate, I, I honestly kind of hate all of them. Last week, Fan had six catches, eight targets, 62 yards. Uh, the I'm just I I just feel like it's gross and I feel like Fant's one of the safer options because the Jag Jags D looked disgusting last week, so I'm kind of thinking that my go-to option this week is going to be Noah Fant, 4200 cash GPP. I think that I'm going to lock him in at both. To be honest, it's it's a gamble. I think he he could he could either he could get that he's going to need that touchdown. He could get that touchdown, get you 12 12 to 15 points. He could bust and get you nothing. So. There's a gamble there, but I, I, with just with the way the tight ends are looking, I'm just, I'm grossed out. But I feel like fans, one of the options I'm kind of more comfortable with. I don't know about you, Dan. Yeah, no, I, I do like Fant. Like, like I mentioned with Jerry Judy out there, there are extra targets up for grabs, and we saw that Noah Fant uh, can do some damage in this offense with Teddy Bridgewater under center. So I think it's a good play this week, and if he does see that volume, you're, you're bound to see that price increase next week. Uh, but let's move on into the Patriots at the Jets over under 42 and a half uh, and, and another game like we mentioned that I don't find myself really wanting any part of um, uh, uh, as we mentioned with with Zach Wilson and, and the weapons around him Jamison Crowder coming back in you know what, what are the targets going to look like this week Corey Davis being the really the only alpha in that offense that we're even interested at this week at 5,300. Nate, I know you were big into Corey Davis this past week, and and lo and behold, he did end up pulling through. So uh, kudos to you. What about this week, week two? Is Corey Davis going back into your lineup once more? 
Do not hate on my guy. Corey Davis is the man in New York. I don't care what anybody says. I'm all in on Corey Davis. There's going to be bad games here and there. There was a lot of talk. Corey Davis can't perform against number one DBs. I don't want to hear it because he's done it already. Corey Davis is, is still priced way, way too cheap. $5,300. You're going to want to put him in your lineups this week. I don't care. I'm all about Corey Davis. Um, he had five receptions last week, seven targets, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Jamison Crowder's coming back. Who gives a crap? Jamison Crowder is nobody. The price point is very fair. You want Corey Davis in your lineups. If he fails you, you can at me on Twitter. We'll talk about it. Until he does, plug him in, play him, make some money with us, please. Uh, I also want to talk about Braxton Berrios. Shout out to our guy, uh, Will Harris, over there at Verdeen Global. Braxton Berrios is, uh, I should say that Will Harris is a 100% the biggest, 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 biggest believer in Braxton Berrios. The only one we know. The I was going to say, the only human being on the planet that, <laughs> that believes in Braxton Berrios. Nothing but respect, man. Berrios had... Seven targets last week, five catches, 51 yards. I'm sure Will was extremely stoked. Unfortunately, I haven't talked to him since then. But, you know, you can't ignore these numbers. Barrios, he performed. He's at 3,600 this week. He's worth the plug and play, at, uh, you know, on, in GPPs. Well, I haven't been in my lineups probably and not a lot, but um, he's worth a shot here and there. Hey, Nate, our, our good buddy, Coach Craig Sports, is in the comments. He's been with us most of the night. We appreciate you, Coach. He wants to know if there's any concern with the Patriots almost always taking away the opposing team's top option, which de facto we've talked about is indeed Corey Davis. Are you worried about pesky Bill ruining your parade for week two with Corey Davis? I'm 100% not worried about that, and I want to give Coach a shout-out because Coach is probably probably – the biggest supporter of the show we have uh, a guy I talk to on a daily basis, a guy that has actually DM me this question already. So I appreciate it. But uh, again, coach, I'm not worried. Well, let's move on to the next game. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of that game that I'm looking forward to. This next one's a little bit interesting though. Raiders at the Steelers, 47 points for the over under. Uh, and, you know, last week, one of my misses was indeed Najee Harris. Uh, I was really kind of pounding the drum for this guy coming out the gate week one. And we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers just really look flat out terrible uh, with the Bills there in week one. Uh, not only did Najee Harris not really get rolling, but most of the offense really struggled. Um, but I'm going to go back to my guy, Najee Harris, again this week. Uh, you know, uh, he was he was a big letdown week one, but playing 100% of the snaps. There's not many running backs in today's NFL that are doing that. Uh, you know, so if you can give me 100% snaps, the production is coming. Uh, I, I think it was more or less just a stutter from, from this Pittsburgh offense. And, and this week, the Steelers take on the Raiders. Najee should continue to have one of the biggest workloads in the league. After running 30 routes on Big Ben's 38 dropbacks, and the receiving upside is there, and it's too strong to ignore. He has he's priced at 6,100 this week in the Raiders' 28.8 fantasy points per game to the running back position this past year. It, it, it 
I think that it is just another opportunity for me to once again put Najee Harris back into into the limelight here, and I'm hoping my guy can come through for me this week. Nate, are you feeling good about me putting Najee back into our lineups again? I just want to say, you know, don't doubt Najee. Uh, the 100% snap share thing is is big. That's really, really, really big that the Steelers believe in him. He averaged two point. I man, I could be wrong. I think it was 2.7 yards per carry. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there in the comments, but um, Craig. that's yeah, Craig. Uh, but you know, that's while that's concerning, there's also plenty of reason to be excited about that. I also have a big belief that as much as I really don't believe in Big Ben, this could be a week where he shines through against the Raiders at home. If he's going to do anything, it's going to be at home, and it's going to be against that Raiders defense that we just watched struggle mightily against um, uh, against Baltimore on uh, Monday night. So I'm not even advising you to play him, but you know it's worth a look. I just want to say to anybody that is uh, tuned in with us tonight, we do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, you know, whether this is the first time or, or you've been with us for the last few shows, we really do appreciate you and, you know, feel free to hit us up and let us know how the show is going. If there's anything you'd like to see coach, I know you've, you've messaged me several times and, and I'm going to get in on some of those that, that you're talking about, I promise. Uh, but you know, anybody else tuning in, I appreciate you, uh, hit the thumbs up. It really does help us out. We're trying to bring you the, the best content that we possibly can. Um, so, you know, let us, let us know what we can do to be better for you guys. So, so we can produce for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, we're still, we're still learning. We're trying to find our rhythm. We're trying to find like our groove in this and, you know, we do nothing perfect. We're human beings. Uh, we both work full time. We have families, you know, we're trying to do our best, but so construct constructive criticism is very much appreciated. Um, Real quick, though, I just want to jump back at that uh, Raiders-Steelers game. Um, Hunter Renfro was a guy that a lot of people laughed at me about uh, on Twitter. The other night when we were doing the uh, the showdown, like the, the uh, captain mode, um, a lot of people were like, 2800 Hunter Renfro, he's the slot guy for the Steelers. It's Derek Carr's go-to on third down. Like he's, At 3600 he's up still. He's up not $1,000, but 800 bucks, but – it's a guy that's worth looking at. Um, it's a gross, gross matchup against Pittsburgh this week. He had nine targets last week, 70 yards. You know, I'm not against playing him. I would say it's 150% only GPP. Don't touch him in cash. On the other hand, move across the ball, Darren Waller. 19 targets, more targets than any tight end, more targets per I haven't confirmed this, but probably more targets than any wide receiver. Dan, do you know? Is any is there anybody that had more than 19 targets? I don't believe so. I think he was the target leader in this is in, one. That's insanely ridiculous. Um, what sucks is a lot of them missed because Carr was off at the beginning of the game, but still caught 10 of them, 105 yards, touchdown. We had Waller in our uh, in our uh, captain slate. Uh, the game did go to overtime. It ended up being 33-27. to 27. It was extremely entertaining to watch. This week – I mean, every week you can plug Darren Waller in. He's going to produce the guy's story just even beyond football. I mean, overcoming addiction, what he's done for the sport, what he is, what it, the kind of human being he is. How do you not cheer for this guy? I have him in my lineups every week. Um, 
I love Darren Waller's price points at 7,600 on DraftKings this week. It's not a bad price point. He's the highest priced tight end, but he's a pretty safe bet to score you a minimum, I would say, of 20 points. So you can lock and load him. Cash plays. He's the he's the guy you're gonna want. Yeah, but hopping back over to the Steelers ball, uh, you know, let's let's talk a little Steelers wide receiver starting with my man, Deontay Johnson at 6,400 this week. Uh, as I mentioned, the Steelers really struggled week one. Johnson was, however, able to bring in five of his 10 targets for 36 yards and a touchdown. Not a great showing for Deontay, but another week with double-digit targets. Expecting a better showing for the Steelers this week, Deontay being a focal point in that passing game. Uh, I, I do like Deontay Johnson here at 6,400. Juju coming in at 5,700. He was able to secure four of his eight targets for 52 yards. Uh, Juju continues to be a safe PPR option, but I feel like he really needs to get into the end zone to return value this week at 5,700. So I'll probably be fading Juju this week. Claypool just $100 cheaper at 5,600. Second year receiver made an impact despite recording just four total touches. You know, we saw him uh, with a 25 yard run and checked in second in receiving yardage behind Juju Smith Schuster despite the tough road matchup against the Bills. Um, you know, all, all weapons I do believe are going to fare better this week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, this is a team that w- when they start clicking, I think we are going to see a lot of fantasy points getting churned out of this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I, I think the Raiders matchup is a good matchup for them to get back on track. Nate, you want to take us into our next game? Yeah, we're going to talk Rams versus Colts next. Uh, the over-under is projected currently at 47 points. That's probably going to change. I think it could go up, honestly. But uh, I'm going to pair two guys together, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford is priced currently at uh, $6,400. Cooper Cup at 6000 6, It's a good price point for both these guys. We've seen him shine the other night on, uh, football, on TV. You know, Al Michaels or uh, – I don't remember exactly who it was. They were saying, you know, they eat, they eat breakfast together. So that's the key to everything. The key to everything is that Cooper Cup plays the slot and Matthew Stafford loves the slot guy. So that's what we're going to lean on. Um, I love both of them in this matchup. I think the price point is extremely fair. Uh, Cup had 10 targets last week. So 10 targets is pretty considerable. He had uh, seven catches off of those, 108 yards a score. The, like I said, the, the point total is looking not really nice. So we're going to, we're going to lean on that. We're going to go, uh, as far as my, um, GPPs go, the Stafford cup stack is one of my favorites because I don't think a lot of people are going to be on it. So I'm all about, you know, pairing those two together. You could even go Robert Woods if you want to go more contrarian, because I don't think don't, don't just rule Robert Woods out yet. Just because he didn't have a great game last week, Matthew Stafford is going to throw in LA. Uh, under Sean McVay, he's going to light it up, and you know you want a piece of that. Uh, on the other side of the ball in that game, we got Jonathan Taylor, uh, the Colts running back, seventy-two hundred dollars. I like it. Uh, a lot of people were extremely disappointed with uh, Jonathan Taylor's stat line, even though he had a ton of catches. You know, he was extremely involved. Do not let one week, you know, just take you out of like contention of playing him. He was really involved. He just didn't, you know, he didn't have the production we wanted. So his ownership's probably going to be down. So lock him in this week, load him in your lineups and, you know, reap the benefits because I promise you that Jonathan Taylor is not done this year. 
Uh, we also have uh, Tyler Higby, Rams tight end at 4,100. This is a guy I'm wishy-washy on. Uh, honestly, uh, as a long lifelong Stafford fan, uh, he obviously he likes his tight ends. Uh, we've seen the proof, you know, in Detroit. Um, what he's going to do with Higby in L.A., I can't promise you. At 4,100, though, it's worth a dice roll if you're looking GPP and think, hey, you know, maybe – he he could very 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 easily throw a touchdown maybe even uh, you know a second touchdown to Higby so if you're desperate at tight end throw Higby in there in a GPP i mean don't expect anything more than probably 15 16 points but um it's worth a shot you know why not yeah, at 4,100, I don't, I don't mind the value there on Higby. Um, you know, in years past, we've really seen Sean McVay get the running backs a little bit more involved in the passing game, but that wasn't the case week one. It, it seemed like uh, most of the targets were going to the wide receivers or the tight end position. So 4,100, uh, you know, with Matthew Stafford, I, I, I do – you know, we'll probably have a little bit of exposure to Tyler Higby unless I'm paying up at the tight end position with like a Darren Waller. But if not, I'm going to be Tyler Higby or down uh, as far as where I'm paying for tight ends. Uh, but let's move on into the next game, and that is the Saints at the Panthers with an over-under of 44. Uh, Jameis Winston was mobile in the pocket and rarely made any overly aggressive decisions in week one. Uh, which seemed to be his trademark in Tampa Bay. He also showed decent accuracy, and after never topping 65% completion rate in any of his five seasons with the Bucks, now gets a decent matchup against a Panthers secondary that just allowed 250-plus and two touchdowns to rookie Zach Wilson, who by most accounts most people think struggled in week one. So if we can see Jameis Winston maybe get a little uptick in volume, I, I don't think what we saw from them in week one is the norm, uh, you know, not by any standard for that matter, but the volume's probably going to come up this week. The efficiency is definitely going to drop down but uh, at 6,100 in this game, I don't mind having a little bit of exposure to Jameis Winston this week, probably more so than I would, uh, let's say, Sam Darnold at 5,200, who in week one completed 24 of 35 passes for 279 yards and a touchdown and a win over the Jets. He also added a rushing touchdown. This is a much tougher matchup for Sam Darnold in the Saints, and, and Sam Darnold is probably a quarterback that I won't have much exposure to on this slate. Staying on that team, though, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, it was really good to see him play football again and, and come out, rush 21 times for 98 yards, caught all nine of his targets for 89 yards. He had eight targets and eight receptions in the first half. I thought he was going to be good for 15, uh, you know, he heading into halftime. Uh, they, they slowed down the target volume a little bit for him in the second half, only ended up with one more. But he is going to continue to, you know, just put up absurd numbers. You know, I was a little hesitant this past week just coming in. Uh, you know, I kind of wanted to see it, but he, he more than surpassed my expectations for week one. Coming in at 9,900 this week, Nate, where are you at on CMC? I wanted to know what it takes to become the god of the godfather of PPR football when you score no touchdowns and still finishes the RB one. Tell me about it. 
Yeah, I mean that's 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 the name of his game. All he does is put up RB one numbers, and if it's not the RB one, it's pretty damn close. Another smash RB that I like this week is Alvin Kamara. As suspected, Kamara's usage was up from last year when when he had Latavius Murray in the rotation, but with one of the highest usage rates in the league, Kamara should remain a top fantasy play this week against Carolina. Uh, like I mentioned, I, I don't think the efficiency that we saw from Jameis Winston is going to happen again this week, uh, but I do suspect that the usage that we see from Alvin Kamara is going to go up. Uh, if that volume goes up as well, then Kamara should be in for another decent week this week. So I do like Kamara if, if I am paying up for the running back position at 8,800. Marquez Callaway, uh, last week's chalkiest play that went bad after so much hype. I don't know that there was a bigger letdown than Marquez Callaway in week one, especially when it came down to Jameis Winston tossing five touchdowns. Uh, Nate, Marquez Callaway actually sees an increase in price after his dunker uh, this past week, 4,200. Winston uh, only needed to throw 20 passes in this one. So Callaway would be an obvious candidate to see the so-called volume that I've been talking about here in week two. Do you think that there is a rebound for Marquez Callaway here in week two? I don't. I don't. And I said not to play him last week. I said that you're, you know, his ownership's going to be absolutely ridiculous. We all we all as fantasy analysts, many of us on Twitter say to stay fluid. Don't judge everything on one game in preseason. Yeah. He looked awesome in one game. So I don't feel bad at all. Taking this victory lap. When I say that you shouldn't have played Marquez Callaway last week. If you did, I told you not to, I don't feel bad about it this week. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel it. Even at $4,200, I don't feel it. Is is the Saints' number one wide receiving option? I don't feel it. I just don't understand the hype. I, I don't buy in. You guys can call my crow. If he ends up showing up next week and has a, you know, a touchdown or two, you guys feel free to at me. Let me we, know I was wrong. We all, we all want to see preseason Marquez Callaway. All right. Regular season Marquez Callaway isn't doing anything for us. If we could get preseason Callaway here in week two, I think I'd feel a lot better about it. Can I but tell you let, a secret? Let, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's not going to happen. All right. Well, you know, the, I don't know if there's a better feeling in DFS than finding one of the chalkiest plays, fading that chalk play, and then seeing that chalk play flop. Uh, you know, I mean that that's 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 what we're after right here. You, you're talking about uh, finding of chalk plays. Uh, how about Nick Chubb last week? I recommended playing him. I was a little bit off on his ownership. I said his projected ownership would be at three percent. So uh, it was a roughly fifteen, I believe, fifteen percent. This week we have the Texans versus the Browns, a projected point total of forty-eight points. That's very sexy. We love that here. Uh, Chubb is, in I think my opinion and Dan's, I think we both love Chubb at this spot. Uh, 17 touches last week. Kareem Hunt had nine. We know we know Hunt's going to get his touches. The key is, is if the Browns are going to be playing from behind or ahead, because if the Browns are playing from behind, obviously Kareem Hunt's going to be in the game getting them catches and them receptions in PPR leagues. Uh, this week against Texans, I'm not sure how many of us fear the Texans defense. It's not me. I'm sorry, coach. I love your, I love your team, but uh, it's not happening. Uh, 
I think Chubbs is going to be a workhorse this week. I think you're going to get probably 20 to 24 carries. I want to say over 20 points, 7,800 on DraftKings. He's a lock and load for me on DK. Uh, keeping on the, that side of the football, we got Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has always been a solidly quiet uh, performer as far as um, whatever team he's played for. He's been all over the league, but whatever team he's playing for, he's producing. He's just not making a ton of noise. He's at 5,900 on DraftKings this week. Only three targets last week, which is weird. You know, it's scary because we don't know what Tyrod Taylor is going to do. Out of those three targets, he caught two. We need to keep an eye on him this week. We don't know, you know, how much Tyrod's going to rely on his wide receiver one. We need to definitely keep our expectations in check because it could be all bad for Brandon Cooks as far as Tyrod leading the team at signal caller. So this week, uh, if you're looking at Tyrod at 5,900, I'm going to advise you, honestly, probably to avoid it. I don't like it. I think it's I think it's rather uh, unappealing. You could lock him in on a couple of maybe GPPs, but um, – or uh, yeah, GPPs. But uh, honestly, I don't like it at all. I don't. I, I I'm not buying in on it. One 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 percent. Yeah, no. There's not. There's not many pieces of this Texans offense that I'm looking to have exposure to uh, outside of Brandon Cooks. And even then, it doesn't feel great when I'm locking him into my lineup. Nick Chubb, as you mentioned, it is a play that I have been looking at. Uh, but his price is also getting up there at 7,800 this week. Um, as coach mentioned in the comments, there are some offensive line injuries that have come about this week and are worth monitoring heading into Sunday's main slate. A couple of cheaper options, though, on the Browns this week that I don't mind. Anthony Schwartz at 3,300 in week one with OBJ inactive, who will also be inactive again week two. Um, Schwartz outsnapped Rashad Higgins 31 to 4 and was targeted on five times, catching three passes for 69 yards. OBJ out once again. I don't mind Schwartz as a GPP punt play at, at 3,300. Um, you know, they, they seem to really like the speed that this guy does bring. And Baker Mayfield is not afraid to take those, those deep shots. So, um, you know, obviously, game script aside, uh, you know, Anthony Schwartz worth worth a punt play as far as I'm concerned. Now that we have confirmed OBJ will be inactive. Yeah, so I want to touch real quick on Mark Ingram. You know, the guy, uh, shout out to Flint, Michigan, you know, my hometown, big ups there. He deserves a little bit of respect. We talked a lot of smack on this, uh, these Texans running backs being all over 30 years old coming into the year. He had 86 yards last week on 26 carries and a touchdown. It's probably, well, okay, it's not probably. It's not sustainable. But, you know, shout out Mark Ingram. Shout out, you know, his performance. That's solid. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was. I don't think that there was anybody that was going to see Mark Ingram getting 20-plus carries week one, and, and he did. So, you know, uh Hat tip to Mark Ingram for sure. Nate, you want to tell them about our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight? We do have some great friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, real quick, I will tell you, Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing DFS platform in the industry right now. It is affiliated with NFL and uh, MLB and NHL teams, and their product is just as strong as their brand power. With DFS prop games for all sports leagues and skill levels, they are sure to have something for you. 
to get into the action, sign up at monkeyknifefight.com. Use the promo code TNFF on your first deposit for an instant match of up to 50 bucks. So if you drop $50 on your first deposit, Monkey Knife Fight matches you, and you've got 100 bones to get in there and start playing. That is monkeyknifefight.com, promo code TNFF, True North Fantasy Football, to be used on your first deposit. Be sure to sign up. Yeah, so guys, go check out Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, it's super fun. Last week, Nate, we were actually one for two on the props that we chose. We had both Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins hitting 85 and a half plus yards. Calvin Ridley, my man, let me down. But you know, speaking of Calvin Ridley, let's go ahead and get into some of the afternoon games. The first one being the Falcons at the Bucks with a 52 point over under. Tom Brady coming in at 6,900 this week. Uh, you know, that's that's actually not a bad price point considering what we know Brady is capable of and, and the weapons around him. Mike Evans coming in at 6,100, Chris Godwin at 6,600, and my favorite play if I'm stacking with Tom Brady, Antonio Brown at 6,000. Why is Antonio Brown my favorite? Because he's $600 cheaper than Godwin and he's $100 cheaper than Mike Evans. And, and we've seen the chemistry that, that Antonio Brown and Tom Brady have been able to uh, put together in their short tenure together. Uh, and here we are again with Gronk also at the tight end position at 4,700. Tom Brady's got all these uh, prolific weapons around him. And now he gets a, an Atlanta Falcons defense that, that can't seem to stop anybody for, for years ongoing now. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's had uh, my Atlanta Falcons number for as long as I can remember. And even saying Tom Brady and Falcons in the same sentence is sending me flashbacks to terrible times just a couple years ago. So, you know, I, I could run Tom Brady in into a, a, a hole right now just with how I feel about him and what he's done to my team. But how do you feel about Tom Brady this week against Atlanta? The point total is great. I'm kind of with you on a lot of the questions. Um, as far as like a specific player, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, like a lot, like you said, a lot of guys, they let us down. Uh, Brady's fine, but um, I do kind of have eyes on, uh, you know, Antonio Brown's attractive at 6K. I'm not sure how much exposure I'll have there, but I really like Gronk at 4,700 because, like I said before, tight end is kind of gross this week. I think Gronk is kind of is like your safest bet, even in GPP. You know, you don't want to go with the safe guy, but uh, you're looking at a guy that you know Brady's looking at. He's his best friend. So 4,700, I kind of like that. This is a tough matchup, though. I don't understand. You know, the point total is so high, like, why is it so hard for us to find somebody we really feel locked in on? It's because the head coaching change at Atlanta, Arthur Smith is there. The, the offense, the whole team, no offense to your Falcons, uh, brother Matt and uh, Dan, but they didn't look good. But so we're trying to figure out, you know, where we lean in that direction. So this week, even with as far as Pitts goes at 5,200, I'm not, I, there's no way I can buy into that. Um, the only guy I really believe in is Gronk at 47. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm right there with you as much as I have my Atlanta Falcons bias. Ridley feels a little expensive this week at 7,500 uh, coming off of his week one performance where, you know, he started out the game super hot, got peppered with those three targets, turned it into 36 yards and, and 
immediately I was like, here we go, Ridley in mid-season form. And, and then the Falcons struggled the rest of the way through. Um, you know, you mentioned Pitts, 5,200. His price did come up a little bit. And it is starting to get into that that price range where, like you mentioned, Gronkowski at 4,700 feels like a much safer play. And I, I don't know that with Tom Brady that he doesn't necessarily possess the same upside as a Kyle Pitts against this stingy Tampa Bay defense. Um, you know, Ridley, I will say, though, has now five plus receptions and 50 receiving yards in eight straight games, which is currently the longest active streak in the NFL by any wide receiver. So his floor is is actually rather safe. And I think what we saw from him last week is pretty much as bad as it's going to get. So, you know, Calvin Ridley, if, if you're looking for a potential shootout, not many people are going to be in on this Falcons offense. So it might be a good way to get a little contrarian and, and get some exposure to a Calvin Ridley or, or a Kyle Pitts this week. I think Mike Davis at 5,500 is an easy fade. There's not many running backs that I'm going to feel great starting against this Tampa run D, and Mike Davis is no different. He, he's kind of just a – a, a mediocre, you know, late RB2 as far as I'm concerned this week. And in DFS, he'd have to get a good bit cheaper for me to want some exposure. Let's talk about Ronald Jones, though, coming in at 4,800. Uh, Bruce Arian said that Jones will serve as the team's starting running back this week. For whatever that means, are, are we buying Rojo this week? I mean, the matchups there, uh, the coach speak is there, if you will. Uh, but it's Rojo. What are we doing, Nate? I was a big, 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 big Rojo believer um, coming into, you know, this year. The problem is, is that he's one mistake away every game of getting benched because there's talent behind him in Giovanni Bernard and, you know, the other guys. I want to believe in Rojo. Bruce Arian says he's a starter, but as soon as he messes up, you know, he's gone out of the game. So, if you're playing DFS, my best advice, sadly, is to avoid him because, you know, a mistake could happen. He's obviously prone to fumbles, so it sucks, but it's not something I feel good about, especially right now, coming off a bad week. So let's avoid him this week. Let's see how he does, you know, moving forward. But uh, speaking of moving forward, we're going to kind of move on because we have a lot to cover here. Uh, Vikings Cardinals, 51 point over under. This is a game that is attractive to a lot of people, but, you know, the questions kind of lie to the point where, like, where are we spending up? Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray is priced at 8,200 on DraftKings. Uh, he completed 21 of 32 passes, 289 yards last week, four touchdowns, and an interception against Tennessee on Sunday. He had a 20 yards and a, uh, a fifth uh, touchdown via the ground. Uh, Murray has pretty much got to be locked and loaded in your lineups. He's the highest priced quarterback, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but that is I think correct. he's the, high, he's the mm-hmm. highest priced quarterback this week. So you're paying up big time. Um, so for cash, though, just like last week, Murray was my guy. Cash this week, he's my guy again. Uh, we're going to jump across kind of, though, to Kirk Cousins of the Vikings at 6,200. This is a guy that's a little bit more questionable because his play is kind of up and down. Uh, He had plenty of volume in week one uh, against the Bengals. The team did lose, but he was able to throw uh, 7.1 yards per attempt, which is pretty impressive. Uh, They played the Cardinals against um, uh, 
Kirk Cousins played a lot of single high safety, which was able to free up Derrick Henry quite a bit and uh, the Tennessee Titans. So uh, Zimmer hopes that Dalvin Cook is able to do the same exact thing last week, even though Derrick Henry wasn't really that productive, uh, considering, you know, what we expect from him. Uh, with their opportunities to take deep shots, if Justin Jefferson and Thielen have tight coverage, they should be pretty good bets for this game. The question is, where do the touchdowns go, in my opinion? I love Jefferson. I love Thielen. I don't want to hate on Thielen. A lot of people have hated on him. He came through last week. So, like, where do the touchdowns land? You know, like, where where are we where are we putting our money this week, Dan? Because between these two guys, I think it's a complete flip of the coin. Yeah, I actually like both wide receivers this week. Uh, Thielen was the efficient touchdown scorer that we remembered from this past year. We all screamed touchdown regression, but here he is week one putting up two of them. Uh, So it it very well may continue. Adam Thielen really does seem to be like Kirk Cousins' main two go-to option there in the red zone. Um, You know, but Justin Jefferson should have had a should-be touchdown uh, where he was ruled down on the one-yard line despite the fact that myself personally kind of thought that he did indeed get there, but we'll save that conversation for another day. Uh, He still managed to put up a five for 71 line on nine targets, which isn't terrible. And his primary defender this Sunday should be Marco Wilson, a a matchup that Jefferson should be able to exploit. This Cardinal secondary is one that we will be targeting all year. Uh, It was really just their defensive line that really showed out in week one and punched Ryan Tannehill and and co in the mouth. I don't know that this Cardinals defense is really as good as they made themselves look in week one. And if they are able to shut down Dalvin cook, like they did Henry in week one, uh, you know, then if they're going to make that a priority, then I, I think Kirk cousins needs to make moving the ball down the field through the air a priority. And and I'm really looking for Justin Jefferson to have a stand-up matchup this week. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, I think a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, the the point total, the game flow. We want to shoot out in this game. The projected point total is 51 points. That benefits well to guys like DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. We obviously want the touchdowns. Uh, we're paying up for, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is the highest. He's the highest priced wide receiver on the slate, right? Yep. Yeah. So we, you know, we're going to need him to, you know, come through and score a lot of points. So that's something we're going to need. Uh, I love Jefferson. I love Thielen. I think it's a kind of a flip of the coin there. I'm not sure where you want to put your money. The price differential is 300 bucks. So you can pick or choose. Uh, it, as far as I feel, I would probably actually lean Thielen. If you had asked me that a month ago, I would have said you're crazy, but. We'll see how it goes Sunday. Yeah, let's move on in, though, to the uh, Cowboys and Chargers while we're starting to run short on time. Nate, this is a game that I know you've been raving about, as are many others, with a 55-and-a-half over-under. This is a game that we want exposure to on both sides of the ball, starting with another play similar to my Najee Harris call last week. Ezekiel Elliott was kind of a letdown, uh, but we knew with the offensive line pieces that were missing that it it potentially wasn't going to be great. Uh, for him against that stout Tampa Bay run defense that we mentioned. But this this week, his price actually takes a dip and is sitting as low as I can remember in recent years. I don't remember the last time Ezekiel Elliott was priced at 6,200. While others might be deterred by his week one performance, 
He's still going to see 75% of the touches in one of the more explosive offenses in the league and a matchup with the Chargers, Charger with the highest game totals of this slate. I do expect Zeke to have a rebound in a big way this week, and I think that he's left enough of a bad taste in others' mouths that you can get some exposure to him without being uh, you know, really just swallowed up in chalk play. That's, 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 that's good. Um, I want no Zeke. Give me Dak. Give me Dak Prescott this week. Mark it down. Mark it down at me all you want. Dak attack. Dak is here. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, both priced at 6,800 on DraftKings. This is my stack of the week. If you want to make some damn money this week, play my guys. They're going to come through. If you look back to last year, Dak targeted Amari. 51 times 51 times in four games that's unheard of that last week in week one of this year 16 more targets he obviously is going to throw him the ball how do you not how do you not plug these guys in at this price it's not rocket science guys Dak prescott amari cooper lock them in this week please if they fail come talk to me yeah With no that- this this game right here has stack potential on uh, both teams as far as I'm concerned. And I'll probably have a lined up, uh, you know, one, one with Herbert and his his two Keenan Allen, Mike Williams stack, and maybe bring it back with either a, a C.D. Lamb or, or uh, Amari Cooper or likewise, like you mentioned, Dak Prescott and potentially C.D. Lamb and Cooper and bring it back with Mike Williams as well. Uh, this is probably going to be one of the heaviest stacked games that we are going to concentrate a lot of our picks on and build around this game. So I absolutely love everything you're saying about this Cowboys offense. I was buying into it big time last year. I hated seeing Dak go down. And I'll admit I had my hesitations heading into week one. Were we going to see the same Dak? Uh, they gave him the green light. And and even in a tough matchup, he didn't disappoint. If that's what uh, we can expect to see from Dak Prescott moving forward, and especially in lighter matchups, I am with you. I am all in on Dak here in 2021. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, real quickly, I know we're short on time. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is seven grand. Uh, Mike Williams, 6,100. You can lock both of these guys in. Both had double-digit targets last week. Uh, this is the opposite side of the football against the Cowboys. You can play either one. Keenan Allen's going to be higher on. Mike Williams would be your contrarian play. So play whichever one you want. If you're in GPPs, Mike Williams might be your favorite. Yeah, there's there's legit four wide receivers in this game that will probably all see double-digit targets. C.D. Lamb this past week had 15 targets for 104 yards and a touchdown in the Cowboys' 31-29 to loss versus the Bucks. Gallup on IR, the volume is plentiful there in Dallas, and we've really just seen it kind of get restricted down to these two guys. Uh, yes, uh, Cedric Wilson is there, but I, I don't view him really as being uh, much of anything. I think, I think if anything, majority of the volume is going to go to the two wide receivers and, and maybe a slight tick for the two tight ends that, that I don't mind getting a little bit of exposure to this week, just, just based off of the shootout potential. And now the, you know, the, 
the bigger piece of the pie that's potentially available to them. Um, Justin Herbert at 6,700 this past week completed 31 of 47 passes, another 300 plus yard game for Herbert, who seems to pretty much do it on a weekly basis. Only one touchdown this past week. I think that changes. I think he could absolutely smash value at 6,700 and it's guys like him that make it tough for me to want to pay up for Kyler Murray there at 8,200 this week. So Justin Herbert is, is a quarterback option that I definitely like building my lineups around. Like I mentioned with the stack of uh, potential that is here with this game alone, it's just, I'm, I'm really excited. This is probably my favorite game of the week that I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I agree. And I just want to jump for it uh, real, real, real quick, real briefly back on the Chargers wide receivers. Keenan Allen had nine, uh, nine catches on 13 targets, hundred yards last week. He is Justin Herbert's go-to guy. I know the Chargers didn't look sexy against the uh, Washington football team. That's a tough defense though. So cut him some slack. Uh, last week, uh, Williams had eight targets, uh, eight catches on 12 targets, 82 yards in a toddy. Uh, it was a 2016 win. So I think you're, you know, don't be too bought in on Keenan Allen. You know, he's, he's aging. He's, you know, I'm not dogging the guy at all. I love Keenan Allen, but don't be afraid to play Mike Williams is basically the, uh, the, the baseline I'm going for here. Play Mike Williams. He's $900 cheaper on DK. And I think he's going to come through for you this week. Let's move on into the Titans at Seahawks game while we're running short on time here. Now, this uh, point total at 54 is another uh, decent one, Nate, but I know it's not a game that you were particularly too high on. Uh, Russell Wilson coming in at 7,500. He didn't do much on the ground with his five carries for nine yards in week one, but he didn't need to after dissecting that Colts secondary that I told you about earlier on in the episode, completing 18 of 23 passes for 254 yards and four touchdowns. That's such a Russell Wilson line right there. 18 of 23, 254 and four. I mean, there's not many guys that are putting up that line. That's got Russell Wilson written all over it. And you can expect the same thing again this week. DK Metcalf coming in at 7,600. Lockett was the bigger beneficiary last week while DK kind of got off to a slow start. Uh, you know, maybe he wasn't 100% healthy and was just kind of out there running routes. He ended up salvaging the week, four catches and a touchdown. Uh, I, I probably still prefer Lockett again this week. Um, as much as I do like DK Metcalf at 7,600, I would prefer him be a tad bit cheaper. Uh, I, I'd even rather play my guy AJ Brown coming in at 6,900 who logged a potential uh, 52 out of possible 64 snaps on offense in the Tennessee Titans blowout to Arizona in route to catching four of his eight targets for 49 yards and a touchdown. As we mentioned, uh, you know, Nashville, they just really seem to struggle all over. Uh, Arizona really had their number defensively. I do like the Titans to bounce back this week, and A.J. Brown is going to be a significant part of that. Chris Carson at 6,100 rushed for 16 times in 91 yards and caught all three of his targets for 26 yards in week one. He is indeed the clear back there for Seattle and is always a threat to have a three-touchdown game. Uh, this week at 6,100, Nate, are you going to have any Chris Carson exposure? We're talking a point total of 54 points, and I have no interest in any of these players. I think my gut feeling lies on the fact that I think this finishes far before the projected point total. Vegas is usually pretty accurate, but I think they're wrong this week. Something about this game, I could be majorly wrong, but I'm not buying into a single, not one player from this game 
am I interested in in GPP or cash? It sounds kind of crazy, but there's just nothing here that I want. There's nothing appealing to me. There's nothing that has drawn my eye to this. Maybe, maybe AJ Brown, simply out of respect of the guy's talent, but there's nothing here. There's nothing here I'm interested in, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I've, I've dug deep. I've tried, I've tried to find interest. I've tried to find, you know, loopholes. I've tried to find something I'm interested in, but I, I'm just not buying into this. I just don't, I don't feel it. I don't feel the 54 point projected point total. I'm, I'm just not there. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think there is going to be some options available here. They are just kind of a, a little bit harder to pin down perhaps, but I, I think we could see some fireworks in this game. And I think Chris Carson is actually a guy that I find myself leaning towards. Like I mentioned, we saw Russell Wilson kind of come through with the four touchdowns. Uh, I think Chris Carson could definitely hit pay dirt here, maybe even twice this week against this Titans defense. So go ahead and sign me up for Chris Carson as my RB at 6,100 this week. Nate, that's it. We've talked about all the games here. Uh, I appreciate anybody who did tune in with us this week. And as I mentioned, please do hit the thumbs up, drop us a comment, let us know what we could do to help better prepare you for the upcoming slates on DraftKings. Nate, is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been watching. Uh, Coach Craig, I see in the comments, thank you for your support. Um, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for watching. Thank you for everybody that's, you know, bought a shirt that's, you know, checked us out, that's watched one of our videos. Um, thank you to Brother Matt. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at uh, DY underscore nasty dude. Uh, it's DY nasty dude, just in case you didn't hear me. But Brother Matt is uh, the producer of our show. He's behind the scenes. He's not on camera, but without him, this show is not going to happen. So big thanks to him. True North Fantasy Football at True North FFB. Giant props to them. Um, we're doing a lot of work over there. All of our written work is featured there. Our YouTube work is featured on their YouTube channel. So that's big thanks to them. Um, the support and the love uh, that I've, witnessed over the last three weeks has been overwhelming and i love all of you yeah guys you see it on the ticker down there at the bottom of the screen we are actually giving away a sodfs t-shirt all you have to do is take a picture that shows that you are subscribed to the tnff network on youtube Send it to us via DM at Dynasty Sons on Twitter, and we will put your name into a hat. We are actually going to be selecting the winner for next week's episode, and we will announce it during live on the air next week. That is next Thursday at 9 o'clock, so still still time to get in there it, it takes two seconds send us a picture let us know that you are subscribed and we'll be tuning into future episodes of sodfs and you could win your very own shirt um i do appreciate everybody who tuned in tonight brother matt hat tip to you always and uh kevin devin coach ty appreciate all you guys tuning in and and helping us get through these all these games uh coach you are the like the 11th man, 12th man, whatever man it is. We really do appreciate you, man. Yeah, big time. Um, without, you know, without the support that we're getting, there'd be no reason to do this show. So I just want to send a big thank you, a big love you uh, to everybody that watches, um, to Brother Matt behind the scenes. This isn't going to happen without each and every one of you guys. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and until next time, man, we really do appreciate you guys. Uh, go enjoy the rest of your Thursday night football. SODFS is for entertainment only and to add value to your sports experience. We give you our advice and strategy that we will employ ourselves. SODFS is not intended for those under the age of 18.